0: Toby Unwin, if you wanted to come up and um, he is the CIO and co-founder of Premonition to discuss legal analytics as a method of determining cost drivers in auto insurance. Thank you. I'd, good to see you again. We saw you earlier this morning at the, uh, at the property casualty meeting and uh, it's good to have you here. Thank there you. you. I apologize that the uh, content and witticisms will be the same as this morning. Right. No, this, you, we can hear you loud and clear with that microphone. Good. And just tell us briefly a little bit about um, the company you work for and, and what you all do and everything and... Sure. Uh, I'm a co-founder and chief innovation officer of Premonition. Uh, the sexiest thing we do is we know which lawyers win before which judges, which we like to call a very, very unfair advantage in litigation. And we are the world's <coughs> largest litigation database we have more coverage than LexisNexis, Thomson Reuters, and Bloomberg combined. Reason we've been able to do that is because most of our competitors focus on this area here, the federal cases in the PACER system. But as you gentlemen know, vast majority of litigation happens at a local level. So you have 3,124 courts that are not connected. If someone does something naughty in Miami, they have no idea about it in Orlando. Uh, 3,124 different formats, completely different record keeping. It is such a mess you would think it was a government operation. In Louisiana, for example, your court data is spread over 64 different parishes. So you have no way of searching, even across the state, let alone the country. So why are some states totally white? Is that a they have? Some states are totally white because their courts are offline. Um, you also see some courts where they charge you for the court data, and that can get very expensive very quickly. You can easily pay eighty dollars a document in well, some we're courts. Was right? that? We're one of those states that charge for that data yeah you charge per kind of time of access for it, so we get our information by just going and scraping court websites. So previously when we've needed Louisiana, we just pay for a month and then scrape all the data off. Um, so that that's how we do um, do the paid states. Anyway, so we have uh, done this and we've wound up in a situation where we just have more coverage than everybody else combined we can normalize it analyze it and pull out all kinds of interesting things which no one's ever been able to do before uh, and in the sleepy world of legal technology with had a near kardashian amount of hype so what are the kind of things we can do with this data this is the uk court of appeals it is the battleground of the finest legal minds on the planet Some of these barristers charge over $8,000 an hour. Uh, And you would think at that level of expenditure that the law firms that hire them would have some kind of idea of how good they are, but you would be wrong. Uh, This guy is the most popular by a long way, has 41 appearances in three years, 60% win rate. He's not a bad barrister, but he's not best. This guy is best, he has seven straight wins crazy thing, though, is that when Mr. Popular is not available, the major law firms like to hire these three guys down here. Second, third, and fifth most popular barristers in the UK Court of Appeals have win rates in the 20s. Uh, This is a court where pro se get 42%, so you're actually better off representing yourself than hiring these lawyers. Law firms' choice of barrister is 37% worse than random. Uh, General counsel's choice of law firm is 18% worse than random. Basically, the UK legal system has devolved into one big high or mates network that pays no attention to outcome. We also look at case duration. This is divorce attorneys in Orlando, Florida. See how many cases they have and how long it takes them to do it. This is two forms of a courthouse, it's not terribly difficult. There are fast efficient lawyers that do it all the time and there are lawyers like this one who drags all his cases out over a thousand days. And you can do this in law because there's no transparency in law. Of the lawyers that rarely lose before some judges? Of course, our first Draw through the court system found a chap called Alvin Benton who had won a highly improbable 32 times in a row before Judge Schreiber. And We always find lawyers like this for every judge. Every judge has their pets, people that just don't lose in front of them. It's the old saying that a good lawyer knows the law but a great one knows the judge and we have found that to be very true. It is 30.7% positively correlated. This is Judge Eig down in Miami. Uh, these are his auto negligence claims. Very boring table of lawyer statistics. And we see the lawyers that appear in his court. These guys at the top always win, these guys at the bottom always lose. These are the busy ones we'd nearly always see a dot at the bottom right-hand corner. So this is someone who is there a lot, but usually loses. And that's actually someone you're statistically most likely to hire. And if you asked around the courthouse and said, who should I hire for eyes, you should hire Bob. He's there all the time. There all the time and loses is not something that people keep track of. You really want this guy here, his name is Anthony Tonelli, he has 18 straight wins, which again is statistically improbable. For auto-negligence, again you see the most popular guy has 16 straight losses. You want this chap here, Mario Alexander Gomez, he has 9 straight wins. In this court, Judge Eig is quite a conservative judge. Plaintiffs are getting judgments just 5% of the time, unless they hire this man here, Troy Lataine, that's him. One quarter of all the auto-negligence judgments for this judge have gone to one man. So if you're up against him, you're probably going to lose your odds of hiring a Troy latain on the plaintiff's side are one in 17,000, which is the number of lawyers in Miami. And you're never going to know about an anomaly like that unless you have big data and you crack it open with some analysis. These are some of the talc lawsuits for Johnson & Johnson. There are thousands of these, I think it's 9,000, last count. Um, So these are two cases that same facts, same law, same day, completely different direction. Why is that different? You're talking about different venue and different people because facts and law are only a small part of a judgment. A lot of law is the relationships with the judge and the lawyer. It might not be fair, but it is fact. is Jonathan Mizels, he is the second busiest lawyer in Miami, and he specializes in plaintiff foreclosure work representing banks. He's done over 1,500 cases in three years, he's quick, 274 days, he gets a judgment 42% of the time. So if justice is really, truly blind, he should be about 42% for every judge, right? Let's take a look. Judge Trarick, 48%. Yeah, that's pretty close. Judge Bloom loves him, 62%. Judge Eig, 23%. He has a different opinion. You should not see a 40% spread between judges sitting on the same court hearing the same cases with the same sets of facts and law over and over and over again, but you do because the human element in law is huge. We have found that on average it is worth 30.7% of the average case. Again, it may not be fair, but it is fact. we can slice and dice dice legal data every which way you can think of even in areas like family law which is the wild west of the legal profession and where we are unable to calculate win rates Uh, say because everybody loses in family court Uh, this is the brad pitt angelina jolie divorce Uh, we found here that they had both retained lawyers were a disproportionate number of their clients don't actually get divorced. Uh, There's a 27% chance that that would not happen. And as you see here, we can examine a case every which way, by duration and outcome and one lawyer versus another, and lawyers versus judges, and anything you can think of, we can derive from court data. And we can get more granular we can look at motions themselves. This is Judge Ige again, and he's a very conservative judge. This is his foreclosure cases, and he is no fan of foreclosure defendants. Nearly everything they file gets dismissed, gets turned down, basically. You see these big swathes of red. Practically every motion from the defense will fail in front of this judge, Apart from a motion to transfer, which gets a 74% likelihood of being approved. And we can break down and calculate win rates for statutes and precedents. So we can calculate what your most onerous statutes are, what your least effective statutes are, which precedents are highly persuasive for certain judges. As you know, In for every precedent, there is an equal and opposite precedent, and here we can calculate which ones are persuasive to which judges. So you see here, this is auto-negligence trending across the country, so there are areas where it's going up and areas where it's going down, and it is in a constant flux. The insurance industry sees numbers at the end of the year, our system updates hourly, so we can look at changes in volume of litigation and plaintiff outcome, and if we interface with claim systems, we can get down to a financial level as well and analyze those every which way. So one of the things we're talking here today is examining what different rules have on case volume and outcome. So we talked about some of these things here earlier. And what we can do is we can tag different jurisdictions as having one rule or another rule and calculate what's called the r squared. So it's the, the correlation between that rule and outcome. Because there are some things that we think have a huge outcome that actually might not and there's others that we didn't think would have a a significant outcome driver but actually do. And you don't know until you measure it. Same for judges, we can look at elected versus appointed, Republican versus Democrat, campaign contributions. We have campaign contribution crawlers for every state. Uh, Look at that versus case outcome. And also plaintiff-defendant representation rate, also ruling rates versus when these judges were lawyers, how does that affect it? It's one of my favorites, the the loser pays rule. uh, It's called the English rule, but it's kind of a misnomer. It's actually the global rule in every other country on earth, if you lose a lawsuit, you have to pay the opposing side's costs and that has a dramatic effect on the amount of litigation in a country. In the UK high courts, we deal with just under 4,000 cases a year, and in America, we deal with 41,000 cases (coughs) every day. It's a very significant effect. You have 95% of the world's litigation is filed by just 5% of the world's population. I liken it to a (coughs) casino where if you lose, you're only out your time. And if there was a casino like that here, we wouldn't be sitting in this room right now, we'd be there gambling like degenerates. And that's kind of what the courts are in America for plaintiffs. And we can look at claims and see how likely they are to become lawsuits for an insurer. Once a claim becomes a lawsuit, it becomes five times as expensive. So we can triage a case when it comes in and it's red, yellow, green. Red, you have a problem with the judge. The opposing counsel is very good or tight with that judge or they've just hired a bad lawyer. Thank you very much, happy to hear any questions. Thank you, um, anybody have any <coughs> comments or any questions? Uh, a few
1: questions, you know, would you like to go, No, Chuck? I would like to <laughs> Thank you, we've known each other a long time. Usually on opposite sides of the table. Uh, you had one slide up there where you had indicated, if I'm understanding correctly, that you have been able to correlate certain differences in laws, statutes of limitations, collateral source, things like that with, uh,
0: well, I'm not sure with what. And is that something that you have available? Could you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, that's a system called Just Text, which is in kind of beta for us. Uh, The idea of that was that you can upload emotional pleading, and it would tell you how likely it was to succeed before a certain judge based on their rulings. Um, As we know in law, every precedent has an equal and opposite precedent, and there are precedents that say completely differing things that are both, quote-unquote, good law and there are judges that like one precedent and judges that like another. So this enabled a user to go in and figure out which precedents they should be citing. Um, We can calculate win rates based on when these various statutes have been cited in rulings and what happened with that. So if you look at systems like LexisNexis, their citation systems will tell you this precedent was cited before this judge X number of times, but for I have no idea what reason they don't keep track of what actually happened after that. <laughs> Something like was cited, okay, and then what? Uh, it's not terribly useful. Uh, so this calculates persuasiveness. Uh, for examining how particular rules would do on a jurisdictional basis, we're going kind to of build some extra modules in our system, we'll tag various states as these ones have this rule, these ones have another rule, and it'll calculate from the entire country's litigation as a whole, is there actually any correlation between these rulings and, so these, uh, these rules and these outcomes, both in terms of the volume of litigation and plaintiff win rate, and if so, how strong a correlation is that? Okay, thank you. Yeah, Mr.
1: Unwin, could you go back to that slide that Mr. McMaine's referenced, the one that has the collateral source and other information on it?
0: Close. Uh, this one? Yes,
1: yeah. yeah, sir. I, I noticed it- there's one of them, it says seatbelt gag rule. And I- I've practiced for 42 years, and i have never heard that term until several months ago. Right. And I wondered where where you got that term to put it up there.
0: Uh, I heard it from some people in the insurance industry.
1: Okay. okay. Uh, Now, just so I understand what premonition does, you you write code, you have an algorithm, and you input data to get results, correct? Uh, Yes, somewhat. We gather data
0: and analyze it to get results.
1: So um, does the algorithm take into account the fact that an older attorney, a successful attorney who is doing certain types of cases, like say personal injury, Mm -hmm. can accept or reject a case? In other words, can decide which cases he or she (coughs) may want
0: to prosecute on behalf of his or her client. Um, I guess what you're talking about is do we take into account case difficulty? Not
1: just case difficulty but case selection, the fact that the difference, the dynamic being that a plaintiff who is at a certain point in his or her career can take a case and prosecute it or not Mm -hmm. because they choose to accept that client and serve that client whereas a defendant who gets sued always has to defend the case. Yeah.
0: You understand my point? I guess you're saying that uh, some lawyers can afford to be pickier than others.
1: Well, yeah, that's
0: a simple way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we we can't analyze a case that wasn't filed. Um, We only see what appears in the court system. I have not done a study on uh, plaintiff lawyers' ages versus outcome uh, we've done things like men versus women, but. But, um, but you do yeah. have stats on associates versus partners. Yes, we do. So that would kind of come into play a little bit with
1: that. And, and, and then we can assume that partners would typically do, perform
0: better than associates. <laughs> this is uh, it's a shame you weren't here this morning because we really took a deep dive on this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, a partner is better than an associate. A partner will win more. A partner will win. more than an associate. And
1: that there are certain lawyers who are going to perform better than other lawyers, possibly not as a result of campaign contributions, but as a result of skill and case selection, correct? Absolutely. Um, How does the uh, algorithm, um, or, or does it, uh, calculate, for example, uh, like a Res nova legal issue, something that's unique that is being
0: prosecuted? We don't actually look at facts and law necessarily. Sometimes we'll do like extra study where someone will say, oh, I had a client who wanted to know cases involving diethyl, which I'd never even heard of. Um, but typically we don't get into facts and law, we're just looking to say, who are the high performing lawyers for a particular court on a particular issue and how does a particular judge usually rule?
1: And and just a a final point which may be more of a comment, I I saw you uh, put up the English rule there and you seem to strongly endorse that concept, correct? I do, yes. But you understand that there are counter uh, points to the English rule, for example, in Brown versus Board of Education, Mr. Brown was a World War II veteran mm-hmm. who had property and who had significant property to lose by going and prosecuting that case had, had he been in the English
0: system. I mean, do, do, are you familiar with the Brown versus Board of Education I'm case? I'm vaguely familiar with that case. I went to law school in the UK. Um, but I'm somewhat familiar with that case.
1: So the point simply is that, that uh, different nations make different choices. They have different values that, that they instill uh, in their legal systems. Correct?
0: That is true. Um, I mean, obviously, there's counters to that argument as well. Sure. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Thank you. Does anybody else have any questions for Mr. Elman? Thank you. Thank you. Enjoyed it. Thank